0: podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. Good evening, everybody. I can remember um, vividly this one experience. It was uh, out of many experiences, but Um, I know this might not be something that that many of you can relate to, but um, back in high school, my sophomore year, um, I was at the state wrestling tournament, and that that year was just, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, We had just moved up to 5A from 4A. We had, I had like, I think eight out of the 16 people in my state bracket were uh, returning state placers. And there had been state placers from the year before that didn't even qualify to go to state. I had barely qualified to go to state that year. I lost in the first round of the state tournament and things things weren't looking too good. I was pretty discouraged, but then I was able to win the next couple matches and then I was going up against um, a kid from Brighton who was a two-time state placer. He'd actually gotten second the year before. So I had all these things running through my mind. And to be perfectly honest, I, I was afraid, right? I was afraid. I had placed the year before, and then all these things were going through my mind, like, well, I guess I'm not gonna place at state this year. Um, That was one thing going through my mind. I could not sleep that night. Um, And because we were 5A, we were going to be at the end of the day because 2A, 3A would wrestle and then 4A and 5A would wrestle in the evening. And it seemed like that was like one of the longest days Um, of my life up to that point because I had these goals right I had this this mission I wanted to do the best I possibly could I wanted to place at state every year and it looked like that was not going to happen and I remember sitting in the tunnel at uh, the Pepsi Center and just getting ready for my match and just like I was so overwhelmed I was like shaking I was so nervous, and I got nervous with wrestling a lot, but, like, this seemed like a, a crossroads in my high school wrestling career. I maybe made too much out of it. I don't know, but the pressure was building up, and I was really, really afraid. And then, honestly, I didn't think I'd get emotional <laughs> with this. Um, my dad came back to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Usually need the tissues when you're out there, not up here. Um, <laughs> so my dad comes back to me in the tunnel, and he can tell. Maybe I should have led with a different, different story, different analogy. Um, so he comes back and he kneels down and he tells me that um, that he believes in me and he's proud of me and he knows that I'm ready for the match and he reminded me of something that he had said my freshman year um, before my very first varsity match and, um, he, he said it to the whole group but um, it just stuck with me, and he said that your your desire to win has got to be greater than your fear of losing. <laughs> well, that did the trick, and um, I ended up winning the match. Completely shocked the kid, shocked myself, eliminated him from the state tournament, and went on to beat two more returning state placers, um, and ended up placing that year, and I think it was a big crossroads for me, and, you know, helped me the the rest of my high school career, junior, senior year, and it's something that I carried on when I coached and talked to kids, like, there's so much in sports, um, there's so much in life that can help make you feel inadequate, that you don't feel prepared for, that you can just be terrified of and feel like you don't have what it takes, but at the same time, you can hear the the words of your father, that he believes in you, he's proud of you, and you can overcome those fears. But tonight, I actually want to talk about fear um, as actually being a good thing. It can be a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. Um, because we all have fear in life, and we all have, all have something or some things that we're afraid of. Um, I can think of my kids, too, like all the things that, that they've done. I'd take them to the park, and they'd be like, I don't want to go play over on the, the playground because there's bugs over there. I'm just like, you're going to let those bugs keep you from a good time. Or like teaching them, haven't taught Reese yet, but teaching um, our girls to ride their bikes, and they're just so afraid, and just trying to reassure them, that you know, you've got to overcome this fear. You can't let fear paralyze you and keep you from achieving the things that, that you want to achieve in life. Unfortunately, they overcame those, but at the same time, there is a healthy fear. There's fear that is motivating in our lives, and that is good, and I'm going to talk about that, and there is fear that is paralyzing, and that's what I want to differentiate tonight, the paralyzing fear versus the motivating fear, and I know we hear a lot in messages about how um, we shouldn't, be, shouldn't have fear at, as believers, and I think that's true when you're focused on what fear that is talking about, but as believers, I'm here tonight to tell you that we should have a fear. And I feel like we've lost a certain fear. Maybe you haven't. I know that I have, and I know that that God has been working on me um, in this area, and and that's what we're going to get into this evening. Um, There is the healthy fear, and that is the fear of the Lord, or the fear of God. I could not believe, when I started studying for this, and I could not believe all of the passages of the Bible— that talk about how we need to fear the Lord. And it, it, it's absolutely shocking. If you look at the, the New King James Version, it appears over 350 times in the Old Testament alone. And then, of course, you hear Christians talking about, well, that's that's an Old Testament concept. It's not. I mean, people who say that haven't read Hebrews, right? And And Revelation, and it's like, no, the fear of the Lord is still a very big part of the life of a Christian. I'll, I'll get into that because the fear, the healthy fear of God actually motivates us in a lot of ways for good. Then there's the unhealthy fear, the fear I was sharing about with my story, the fear that, that terrifies you to the point where you're, you're petrified, you can't move, you can't act. And that unhealthy fear is usually centered around the fear of man, the fear of loss, the fear of discomfort, the fear of the unknown, these unhealthy aspects that fear rears its ugly head. So I'm just going to look at a few different points here. Like one, the fear of God is actually very good. And, and maybe for you tonight, you can join with me in evaluating your life. Like, Do I actually have a healthy fear of the Lord? And I can tell you right now at this point in my life, I need to fear the Lord more. I absolutely do. And we'll talk about what that fear means. Just a couple passages here. Psalm 25 verse 14. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. Again, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Psalm 103 17 says, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. So just in those two passages, fear of the Lord is coupled with friendship with the Lord. Fear of the Lord is coupled with his steadfast love. And today, I think a lot of us have lost touch with this concept. Um, It often gets watered down right? Like we hear, how can, how can a good God ask us to, to fear him? Well, I think because he is so good, that that fear should be healthy, right? And good doesn't quite capture it, right? Good doesn't quite capture the magnitude of who God is, and, and we can really get guilty of this as, as believers of We take grace, and then we're like, it can almost make us, if we're not careful, bring God down from his holy mountain. You know, the answer to how can a good God ask us to fear him is because that fear actually makes us better. It leads us to live in alignment to the life that he actually has for us, to the way he created us to be. It was the lack of the fear of the Lord that led Adam and Eve to make the choices that they did. It's the lack of the fear of the Lord that has led you and me to make the poor choices in our lives. Oswald Chambers, man, I just dug into his life some more today when I was studying. You know, I'm 41 years old. You guys know when Oswald Chambers died? He was 43, I always look back at, because of the words, like, I don't know if you've ever read my utmost for his highest, the, the best, hands-down devotional you will ever read. It will make you feel like you are not following Jesus every time you read. Like, because he said in here that um, everything he was about since the age of 15 was about God and pleasing God and living for God and making God known. And he says that the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. That by itself makes it worthwhile because you and me have walked through this life fearing too many things because we don't have a healthy fear of God. You know, the concept of a healthy fear is a useful tool for making wise choices. You guys probably know the verse, the several verses throughout Proverbs about how um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Solomon wrote a lot about that, ironically, um, you know, when he walked away from the wisdom of the Lord several times. But he still, what he said was still true. And you think about all the examples of how fear can help us to make wise choices. Like, for example, we don't buckle our seatbelts in the car because it's the law. We buckle it because we know it can save our lives. We don't tell our kids to buckle their seatbelt because it's the law. We know it could save their lives. We know the potential. We call it fear, call it just good judgment. You know the potential of what could happen. Another thing like for me personally uh, as a husband and a father, um, I do a lot of things to make sure that my family is protected. My head is usually on a swivel looking for potentials. I I carry, I physically train, I try I try to be keen. I try to look at possible scenarios where, you know, this might not be good and try to avoid those because I care about my wife and kids and I want them to be safe, and I also know about all the creeps out there that could ruin that, right, that are constantly trying to prey on innocent people. You know, we put home security devices up because we know that there are people who want to take what isn't theirs, and and you guys could think of a lot of different things. We set money aside, you know, I have a we have a rainy day folder in our in our safe, and you know we know that something's going to happen. Something always does, and that's just wise, right? We're not ignorant to that fact. And all of these things that we do on a regular basis in life, it, we try to do out of wisdom because it's connected to a fear of potential bad things that could happen. So you guys are hopefully seeing that fear can actually lead. To wisdom. And then when we connect this back to the fear of the Lord, you know, God wants to instill that sense of of healthy fear in our hearts because it's going to help us to not live contrary to who He is, right? It's going to help lead us in those wise decisions. And He says over and over, and I'm going to read some, like, if you fear the Lord, it's going to lead you in the paths of righteousness. And, you know, because we believe that his guidelines, because we believe that the life he designed for us, the life he called for us is good. It is the highest calling that we could have. If we believe that, then we would approach him in that posture of submission and that posture of gratitude that would compel us constantly into obedience, loving obedience out of a fear and reverence for who the Lord is. I, I listened to a um, video interview. You guys know who Jim Caviezel is, right? He um, played Jesus on the Passion. He was in the, the Sound of Freedom movie, um, played uh, Luke and, and some others. So he's a very outspoken Christian. And I've, he doesn't hold, hold any punches, right? He doesn't hold them back. And in this interview... Um, he said that one of the greatest threats to the church today is that more people fear Satan and fear man than they fear God. More Christians fear Satan and other people than they fear God. And I think he's, I think he's right. You know, the, the fear, a lot of people in the Bible were praised by God for having a healthy fear of him. Abraham. In Genesis 22, when the angel's like, stop, right before he brings the dagger down, he said that, now I know that you fear the Lord. And fear of the Lord. In Exodus 18, when Moses is being told to set up leaders over the hundreds and the thousands and stuff to divide up so that he's not carrying all the burden, he is told to select men who fear the Lord, to do that. Job is described that way, as a man who fears the Lord. And we know his story and his testimony. King Hezekiah, who comes in um, when Israel is on the verge of collapse, and he makes a bunch of changes and postpones the judgment because He tore down the idols, and he brought back the the worship of the Lord. In Jeremiah 26, um, Jeremiah describes him as a man who feared the Lord. So we know what happens, right? We all know what happens when we don't live according to God's commands. We've all done it, right? How did it go? Did it go well? No, I mean, it, it usually results in pain brokenness, division, conflict, and all of that is rooted in the sin and selfishness that keeps us from actually having that healthy fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is also a fear of those things being brought into our lives and affecting our loved ones, right? If we have a fear for the Lord, we don't want brokenness, to come into our our home. We don't want our loved ones to experience the pain at our hands or at the hands of other people, right? To fear the Lord is to live rightly before the Lord because we know it's gonna be a blessing to the people in our lives. And we know that living opposite of that, contrary to that, is gonna bring conflict and division and brokenness into our home and into our relationships. So the fear of the Lord is a good thing, even in the New Testament. Second thing is the fear of the Lord actually removes fear of the world. And that goes back to what Oswald Chambers says, like if you fear God, you fear nothing else. I'm going to read several passages here uh, just from the Psalms. The Psalms are really heavy on the good that comes from fearing the Lord. Um, Don't don't bother trying to go through them because I'm going to go through them pretty fast here. But you can write them down if you want to go back and read them or anything. It says, in Psalm 56, verse 3, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. <laughs> Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then in Isaiah forty-one, ten, God says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So it's like, do we fear or do we not fear? Right? Fear the Lord, don't be afraid. And, and we might read that and say, well, that seems like they're juxtaposed to one another, but they're not. Right? Because the fear of the Lord leads to this. The fear of the Lord leads to us trusting him. The fear of the Lord leads us to running to him when the fears of the world are surrounding us. And having that right relationship with the Lord actually helps us to not be afraid of the other things in our life, because God is there to comfort us. God is there to lead us. God is there to be steadfast. God is there to surround us with his love and his goodness. And when we fear the Lord, we fear nothing else. So the fear of God is not constantly being afraid. It's actually the opposite. So when you think of the fear of the Lord, and and generally when we think of fear, we think of that story I told at the beginning where I was like terrified and, and scared and didn't know what was going to happen. It's like that is the fear that comes from worldly fear. That is the fear that comes from the fear of man, the fear of not achieving certain goals, the fear of not um, having enough, the fear of um, being in discomfort, whatever the case may be, that is the fear that causes us to just clinch up and like freeze and paralyze and not move, not act, not respond. The fear of, the, of God is opposite of that. The fear of God motivates us. The fear of God pushes us into discomfort. The fear of God pushes us outside of our normal boundaries. The fear of God changes us and molds us and makes us better and makes us into the image that he created us to be. And the fear of God ultimately brings everything into the right perspective. Right, Because the fact that we are fearing other things means that we are not fearing God. So what it does, the fear of the Lord is, it, it puts the Lord on the throne, right? It elevates him back to his rightful place in our hearts, and then it demotes everything else to its insignificance. We can't fear it at the same time. We can't fear the Lord and fear losing our job. We can't fear the Lord and fear of being in discomfort. We can't fear the Lord and fear not having enough. We either fear the Lord or we fear the other things. And all of those other things are rooted in self. The fear of the Lord is outside of ourselves. The fear of our Lord puts our eyes on Him. The fear of the Lord says... It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is the anthem of Paul and the other apostles who went out and just laid their life down for the sake of the gospel. That comes from a healthy fear of the Lord. So when you guys think about what is it that you guys fear the most in life? Is it losing a loved one? For me, that's that ranks up there pretty high. Um, for a lot of people, it, it might just be not having enough money to pay for bills, or losing your job, or losing your home, or losing the other possessions. It could be getting ill. Um, it could be being mistreated. It could be losing friends or family because you are vocal about your faith. It could be... Um, not being accepted by others. There's a lot of things that cause people to be afraid in life, and those are some of the biggest things. But what happens is when we fear those things, it leads us to be overly cautious. Overly cautious to the point where we don't act we don't respond to the spirit we don't move we don't give we don't do we don't speak we're not as generous as we should be when we're holding on tightly to make sure that we have set amount of dollars that we need in our savings account or that we can do the things that we want to do or or whatever and then that limits the power of the holy spirit in our lives or we don't speak out at work because we're afraid of what our coworkers are gonna say, or um, whatever the case may be. Like it causes us to be paralyzed in our faith when we are afraid of the wrong things. And as a parent, I completely understand what it what it's like to be afraid that something's gonna happen to your kids. But I heard this message one time. It was man. Anna was only like a year old at that point, and the message said that God loves your children more than you ever will, and is looking after them better than you ever will. and And I would like to say that I never had any concern or any fear related to my children after that point, but that just wouldn't be true. But it's something I have to remind myself of: if I fear Him and have Him on the throne of my heart, I know that my kids are in no better hands. And I can do the things, right? I can, I can train, I can be ready, I can try to anticipate, I can do all of these things, but ultimately what it's going to come down to is, is, is God and God watching over our children. And I can't allow fear for my children to paralyze me to not move, to not act, to not give, to not do, to not speak. Like maybe I lose my job because I'm outspoken in my faith, and then we lose our home or we lose all these things. Like ultimately, God is in control of all of that. And He's not gonna leave you hanging when you are outspoken for Him and for His cause. First John two fifteen through seventeen says this do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, our fear is directly connected to what we love. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it that way. We fear based on what we love. And the more we love the world, the more we love the things in the world, the more we love um, people, and I mean in the point where we elevate them to the status of they are the most important thing in our life, that means our fear is going to be centered around that. We're going to fear losing the, the stuff, right? We're going to fear losing the people. But the fear of the Lord is actually the love of, for the Lord as well. The more we love Him, the more we will fear Him. The more we fear Him, the more we love Him. That healthy fear, that reverence, that awe, that understanding of who He is and who we're not. And it's healthy for us to understand that. And when we have our eyes fixed on Him, we can't love the rest of the stuff like we did before. And I know the Bible talks about if we love him, we will love other people. But not more than him. Not to the point where it keeps us from being with him. Not to the point where it keeps us from acting, from moving, from doing, from giving, from all of those things because we're afraid of what it might result for our children or our family or our family members might walk away from us or shun us or, fa- or friends might leave us and um, kick us out of the friend group or whatever the case may be. We are to love and Paul and Peter and the, the people that wrote the New Testament, they loved and it cost them their lives. And we do, we do hold on to things way too tightly. And we care too much for how people see us, and we don't care enough for how God sees us. When we care too much for our own comfort, for our own well being, inevitably what we end up doing is shortchanging the calling of God on our lives. You know, we think about all the times, I think about all the times that I strive tirelessly just to ensure that we've got bills paid and and all of these things. And a lot of times, in the end, I look back and I'm like, well, how much time did I spend furthering God's mission here on earth? You know, in Luke 6, it talks about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And I lose track of that sometimes. I really do. In the end, our desire to honor God and to live by Christ's example has to be greater than our concern over persecution, over being ostracized, over the loss of something, over the loss of someone. And when we stack all of that up, the friend groups, the status, the careers, the comfort, whatever, with a deep, meaningful relationship with God, they just don't even belong in the same conversation. But we put them in the same ca- categories with each other, and that is dishonoring to the Lord, I believe. And the last thing to talk about is the fear of the Lord is not the fear of judgment. The fear of the Lord is not a fear of judgment. First John 4, 16 through 18 says, So we have come to know For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. This is not talking about fearing the Lord. This is talking about fear of being cast into an eternal damnation, the fear of the world, the fear of the things in the world. We should be so loving because we've been set free from that fear based on our fear for the Lord. And we know because of his love for us, we don't have to be afraid of of being judged in the end because of who Jesus is, not because of our righteousness, not because of our goodness, but because of who he is. The gospel, the good news of the gospel is that fact. And as a parent, you know, I tell my children every single day that I love them always, no matter what. I say that phrase to them every single day and I want them to understand that. And I usually, or or sometimes, not usually, sometimes I say that right after they got in trouble. Right after, like we like to say, we had a come to Jesus moment with them and made them feel about this small, and then you let them know you're still my kid. You're still mine. I still love you. And nothing is going to change that. And that's how it is with our relationship with God. We want them to have a healthy respect for us, right? And there are consequences when they mess up. There are consequences when they make bad choices. There are consequences when we make bad choices. We have to deal with the weight of our sin the rest of our lives sometimes. But we also do that knowing that we are forgiven and someday All of that is going to go away. And we also know that because we're forgiven, even though we're carrying the consequences of our sin here on earth, that he loves us always no matter what because we have claimed our allegiance to Christ, because we have been purified by the blood of Christ, because we are held in the love of Christ. And we know that we will not face that same judgment as those who have denied Jesus and denied the love of God. And that is something that that people like, well, we either love God or we either love by God or we fear God and we tremble before him. It's like, no, they go hand in hand with each other. I don't know why we have to try to separate those two like they're opposed to one another. I heard this really good illustration from the Bible project and they talked about how God was like the sun, right? And the sun is beautiful and it sustains life. But if you go close to it, you die, right? It is certain destruction. And the fact that we can approach him, someone who made the sun, and all the other suns out there in the universe, the vast expanse, we can approach him and not be destroyed if that doesn't incite a healthy fear inside of you, I don't know what will. I don't know what it will, what will do for me to create that healthy fear inside of me if, if that fact does not. In Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16, it says, "'For we do not have a high priest "'who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, "'but one who in every respect has been tempted "'as we are, yet without sin.'" Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can stroll into the presence of the Lord, but we better do it with humility and gratitude. We better do it like the tax collector in Luke chapter 19 where his hands are raised, his eyes are down. be like, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that man walked away justified. You know, the Pharisee was in there at the same time saying, thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy over here. That guy's going to face judgment in the end, right? He's not going to be happy with the outcome of his attitude and posture towards the Lord. We can be loved. We can be set free from the fear of this world but may we never lose our healthy fear of the lord. And that song, what do I know of holy? Like do we do we even understand the concept of holiness? Just look at the imperfection of who you are. Look at the imperfection of who I am. We obviously haven't grasped holiness even in our best days. And God is perfectly holy. All of the time. And for that being of immense power and perfection and holiness to not only speak to us, but to invite us into his presence. Like just read the, read the Bible and all the times that people did enter into God's presence, they hit the ground on their face, terrified because they knew who they were compared to what they were beholding. And we need to remember who we are and who he is. And the fact that he loves us despite that is amazing. And that is a fear that motivates us to live, to love, to be empowered, to share about that goodness to the rest of the world. So tonight, I just invite you guys as well to just join with me in looking deep at the fear that resides in our life because you are afraid of something. Some of us in here are afraid of more than others, but when it comes down to it, do you fear the Lord or do you fear everything else? And just invite you into that fear of the Lord to rediscover what it means To have a posture of humility, a posture of gratitude, a posture of worship, a posture of praise that says, I am nothing, and you are everything. You are the potter, I'm the clay. Use me how you will, despite what happens to me, because I'm here for you. I want to be like Oswald Chambers. I want to be like Paul, the apostle. I want to be like the people who live absent of themselves for a greater calling, a greater mission because they have put God on the throne in their hearts. Right. I just want to close with a story. I was listening to a message Louis Giglio was sharing about a month or so ago. He was he was talking about a conference that he was at and they were introducing this lady that they were going to bring out that, that nobody, nobody knew about and they were bringing her out and they shared her story, a little bit of her story. And people were just like on, on ice, just waiting to hear from her. And when she started sharing, she was this little Korean woman. And you would look at her and just be like, probably look past her, right? But this woman got arrested for sharing her faith in North Korea and went to prison and in this prison she was thrown in a cell with all these other all these other women and there's like standing room only like you could some people could sit but there are so many people that if there wasn't even a tiny little space left on the floor you just stood against the wall until somebody got up and went to the bathroom and you took their spot right so that you could sit that's what it was like in there and they had one bathroom that they all shared, and it wasn't running water, so it was just nasty, and people didn't want to be in there very long. And she got the idea, because people don't want to hang out in there very long, that's gonna be where I start sharing my faith. And whenever she went, she would just start sharing with the other ladies. And she started a little church in the bathroom of a North Korean prison until she got out she got arrested again for doing the same thing came back into the prison did the same exact thing the second time she got out she was able to escape to china and then from china she got out of the country and had made it over to the united states and she was sharing with the group how thankful she was for those times she got arrested because had she not all of those women may never have heard about Jesus. Now that is a life lived in absence of self with a healthy fear of the Lord and putting him on the throne in their hearts. That is a fear that motivates and not paralyzes. And that's what I want to be for the rest of my days. And I invite you guys to hold me accountable for that. Okay? I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com.